So we're going to continue our, our kind of our series on fundamentals. And last week we said when we're looking at these fundamentals for the next few weeks, we're going to look at them through a certain filter. Um, and that filter was the filter of loving God and loving people. So everything we talk about over the next few weeks, we're going to have to look at it through those two things. How do we do this fundamental through loving God and loving people? And so uh, don't forget that. That's going to become very important as the weeks come along because you can look at these, each of these fundamentals, you're going to be able to look at them without love as a part of it. And we know in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, if you don't have love, you can do all these things, but they don't mean anything. And so it says in the, that chapter, you can be a, a loud clanging symbol. You can, uh, you can go feed the poor. You can go clothe the naked. But if you're not love, if there's not love involved, then it really doesn't mean anything. And so every fundamental that we're going to look at really has to do with loving God and loving people. So today we're going to talk about prayer. Prayer is one of those mystical things, right? Um, some people do it. Some people don't. Some people don't know how to do it. They, they, they try, but they, they, uh, they think they're getting it all wrong. Um, what's the recipe, right? Uh, how do we get it done, and how does God answer prayer? It's sometimes very, very confusing. So today we're going to start off on uh, getting your guys' feedback on at the table. So uh, table talk this morning. Yay, everybody table talk. It's great. Don't feel like you have to talk, uh, but uh, we have some questions for you to, to talk about. We're going to give you about 10 minutes to go back, choose a, choose a table. The questions are actually on your app. Uh, so... If you don't have your app open, uh, look at someone else's, and they can uh, show you the questions, okay? So 10 minutes, uh, we're going to talk about uh, your experience with prayer at the tables, and then we're going to come back and just finish up right here. So you ready? So being in a relationship with God, we're talking about the fundamentals, the things that we really need to have as a part of our life to really have an effective relationship with God, right? So fundamentally, you know, in a sport or in a, some sort of other activity, dancing, either, and even intellectual pursuits, you have certain fundamentals that you have to get right to be successful, right? Um, you got to learn how to hit, throw, catch the ball if you're going to play cricket or, or baseball. You got to learn how to do certain things. There's the basics. Uh, if you go into a class to learn a new skill, there's some basics that you're going to have to learn. Um, prayer is is one of those basic things that, as a Christian, um, you have to learn how to do and and how it works. Um, it 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 is a little bit different for everyone, uh, and it can turn out a little bit different for everyone. And so it is a, a little bit individual, but there are some basics that are um, universal for everyone. So, uh, you might think about prayer as uh, this overweight gentleman, this businessman, had decided to lose some excess weight, and uh, he had made this decision to alter his diet. And he said, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna alter my diet. I'm not gonna drive by the donut shop on the way to work every morning." And so, one of the first things he did, he said, "I'm gonna alter my route." So I'm going to go a different direction. So he did that for about a week, and it worked really, really well. The next week, uh, the, the week started, and he forgot. 
and he drove by the donut shop and he, he said, oh, no, I forgot. And he said, this must be a sign from God. <laughs> and so he started praying. He said, God, if this is your sign that you want me to have something from this donut shop, then please send me a sign. And he said, send me a sign. Make sure that there's a parking space right in front of that donut shop, and I will take that as a sign from you that, that I need a donut. And so, uh, sure enough, on the eighth time around, <laughs> he found that, that, that parking spot. That's kind of how we treat prayer sometimes. We kind of communicate with God, and it's, it's very one-sided, isn't it? And it's kind of leaning towards what we want in our life rather than what we need, or more importantly, what he would want us to have and what he would want us to, to experience in this life. Um, have you ever wondered why God doesn't grant every prayer that we pray? I mean, in your discussion, we said, is yes and no the only answers to prayer? What did you guys come up with? No, there are other answers. We're going to go over those today. But have you ever wondered why you've been praying about something over and over and it just doesn't happen? Um, even uh, this morning around the table as Aaron shared his struggle through prayer and through seeking God about certain things. That's, that's us, isn't it? How many of you right now or at some point this year have been praying earnestly about one thing in particular over and over and over again? How many of you have done that this year? Or even now you might be doing that. That you're praying, you're seeking God, please show me something here. I need an answer to this prayer. I think all of us, you've heard either yourself or someone say something like this. I've been praying for my husband to stop drinking and he hasn't. Or I've been praying for a job, but I can't find one. I've been praying for my wife's depression, but nothing has changed. I've been praying for guidance in a specific area, but there's no guidance that has come. I've spoken to many people who wrestle with this. As a matter of fact, as a pastor, this is one of the top 10 things I get asked. I've been praying about this. I've been talking to God about this, but why haven't I heard anything? Why is it as if he's not listening? What, what is that all about? Well, today, you get the answer that I tell every person who asks me this question. So pay attention, take some notes, because this is how I believe God acts and reacts to prayer in our life. Now, prayer is just talking to God, right? That's all it is. I don't know what kind of definitions you came up with on your table, but that's all it is. It's really just communicating with God, talking to him, listening to him, talking to him, listening to him. It's that back and forth communication with him. And we talk to him. We seek him in his word, right? That's how he talks to us. A big part, big way that he talks to us is that way. Sure, he can kind of give us some impressions. I think sometimes he can guide our thoughts and our minds. I think he does that as well. But really, if you want to know what God is saying back to you, you really need to know the word of God. And we're going to talk about that next week, how we seek him in the word of God. But that's a big part of it. Prayer is that back and forth communication. So when you're talking to God, first of all, sometimes he's not talking back or he's not answering your prayers because he's saying, number one, the request that you're asking is wrong. Perhaps what you're asking him for or asking him to do in your life is not the right thing you need to be asking him to do. So that may be why 
you're not feeling like you're hearing from him. God answers prayer a number of different ways. The first answer, of course, can be no. You're not asking for the right thing. In verse 11 of our, our scripture, Matthew 7, verses 7 through 11. Let me just read that for you real quick. It's in your notes, but I'll read it in case you're, you're missing it. It says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if a son asked for bread, would give him a snake? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask of him? So if you read that verse on its just in that particular section with no context or not knowing how God interacts with people, you'd think that pretty much says if I ask for something, God is going to grant it. That's not quite what it says. But that's what we kind of feel like that it should say. Matthew, uh, in Matthew 11, that, that same section in verse 11, it says that God gives his children good gifts. If we ask God for a fish, he's not going to give us a snake. Right? That's what it says. Because he loves us and he wants the best for us. But what if you're asking for the snake? See what I did there? <laughs> if you're asking for the snake, is he going to give you the snake? No. So what I'm saying there is sometimes you're asking for the wrong thing. Sometimes you're asking for what you think is the fish. But in his eyes, in his mind, and as he knows everything, he knows what you need, he knows the things that you need more than anyone else, you're asking for the snake. There is such a thing as asking for the wrong thing or the inappropriate thing. And when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, do you remember what he said in Matthew 6, 9? He says, then it's this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. What? Your kingdom come. On, and may it be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is how you should pray. He says, you should ask for my will, not your will. And sometimes we get those two things confused. In prayer, we seek God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Sometimes we just don't understand what God's will is for our lives. And so we start asking for the wrong things. Remember, there was a time when Peter, James, and John accompanied Jesus to the top of the high mountain. And they saw suddenly God's glory filled that mountain and filled Jesus. And Jesus started shining. Do you remember that? They call that the transfiguration of Jesus. That's a big word that just means he started shining with all of God's glory. Okay, And they saw that, and the three disciples stood back in awe as they saw it, and they were so taken back that Peter asked this. Pay attention. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. This is amazing. I'm so happy that, I, that we were here. If you wish, he says, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. In other words, Peter was asking Jesus to say, he's saying, Jesus, allow us to build some houses up here, and we'll just, what? We'll just live here for the rest of our lives because this is such a glorious thing that we've just experienced, and we just want to sit here and enjoy that glory. 
What was God's response to Peter, do you think? In a word, he said, no. He said he would not grant that request. He said there was work to do, and his plan was not to stay up on the mountain basking in God's glory, but to come down off the mountain and get to work. So Peter's communication with Jesus, his request was denied. Sorry. That's, that sounds like an okay thing, but you don't know what I have planned. I have planned something much better than sitting up here on the mountain and just praising my name. I have much bigger things in plan and in store for you. So sometimes the answer is no. All of us are capable of making wrong requests. And so if you've been praying for a long time about a certain thing, maybe you ought to revisit that this week and say, maybe I'm not asking for the right thing. Maybe I'm asking for the snake. Even though it doesn't seem like a snake because we think it's going to be good for us, God may not think it's the best thing for you right now. And so you need to understand that sometimes God's answer is no. If you've been praying diligently about a matter and sensing resistance, um, perhaps you need to review and request your request and see if maybe the request is self-serving or maybe it's uh, not the request. Maybe it's short-sighted. You can't see where God's going to lead in the future. Maybe the request is too small. Maybe God has something much bigger in mind for you than just this item that you've set your mind on. Does that make sense? Sometimes it's no. God also says if you've been talking to him, sometimes it's not no. Sometimes, number two, it says, God says the what is wrong. The timing. You're in your notes. Good job, Dina. This is a student right here. Can you see this student in the notes? Sometimes the timing is wrong. God sometimes answers prayer in the word slow. How many of us like to do things slowly? <laughs> Not very often. We want things fast. We want it done when, when we want it and in the time that we want it. We don't want to hear patience. We don't want to hear slow. Those words just mean, I don't have time for that. Don't have time for that. And so we get frustrated when we think, oh, well, God may not want that for us right now. His timing is different than ours. It's kind of like kids, right? You start that long trip in the car, right? 15 miles from home, they start asking, are we there yet? And what do you say? Uh, not yet, not yet. Four days from Johnny's birthday, and he says, can I open my present now? No, it's not your birthday yet. You can only open it on your birthday. Not yet. Your daughter says, Mom, I'm nine. I want to wear makeup. I want to go to school. I want my face to be just like all the other girls. How do you respond sometimes? It's slow down. <laughs> Not yet. Brett, Brett's saying never. That's the way it works. Children hate those words. And quite honestly, so do we when it comes to something that we want, something that we want to happen in our lives. 
We all do. The child in all of us wants God to meet every need, to grant every request, to move every mountain as soon as we ask. But our all-knowing, all-wise, loving Heavenly Father deems it best to say sometimes, very caringly, to his children, not yet. Not yet. It is important for us to understand that God delays. His delays are not necessarily his denials. It's just not yet. It's not that he's saying no. It's merely he's saying not quite yet. The timing isn't quite right. He wants us to trust him that he knows what he is doing. Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. What All that verse is saying is what? He knows best, right? He knows what's going to be best for you. His, his ways are infinitely higher than ours. We see in part, okay, we see partly what's happening in our lives and in the world, but he sees he sees all of it, and so he's going to be able to make the best choice. Be very careful in insisting that you know better than God. Just when a prayer request should be granted and when he should move is not your choice. That's his choice. So be careful of his not yet. Sometimes the issue is simply that we're not spiritually ready for the answer. Sometimes we might have to grow some. Sometimes we, there might be something that we have to kind of uh, look at in our own lives before we're ready uh, to get the answer that we want. Time is required. We might have to develop some patience or trust or endurance. Maybe our character needs to be uh, better so that we can handle the answer that we want. God is more concerned with your character than he is your comfort. Let that sink, sink in a little bit. He's more interested in who you are than the things that you request. Does that make sense? Your character is very vital to him. Instant gratification and personal convenience is not his highest priority for you. Sometimes God says no. Sometimes God says slow. Sometimes he just says slow down. Let's get to know each other a little bit. Perhaps you can get to know me more and then you'll understand how I work and how we can interrelate. Number three, sometimes God, is, it's not about no or it's not about uh, waiting. It's, it's, it's not about, oh, you have to be patient. Sometimes it's just the fact that you are wrong. God says you're wrong. The third way that God sometimes answers our prayers is this word grow. This means that sometimes our own actions, our inactions are the problem, and they stand, stand in the way of God granting our requests. Um, Psalm 66, 18 says, If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. You get that? What that basically is saying is if I think the sin in my heart is more important, then God is not going to listen as closely if we are harboring those things in our heart. 
Matthew 5.23 says, Therefore, if you, are off, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and, the, and then when you're at the altar, you remember that your brother has something against you, that you should what? Leave the altar and go make it right and be reconciled with your brother. Then you can come and offer your gift. What does that say about God's character and how he works? What does that say about him? Anybody? That's right. It's about our hearts. It's about our our relating and connecting with one another and with him. Those are his priorities. Okay? It's not what how much you give in the plate. It's not that you're seen by other people being a good person. He's more concerned that you're right with each other and that you're right with him. Then that will begin to open the floodgates of how he can bless you with answering your prayers. It's a lot easier to point the finger at God for not answering prayer than it is to look in our own hearts and say that I am the problem. Um, this is probably one of the most common reasons I think prayers are not answered. It's because our hearts aren't quite right. We don't have a, a strong connection with God. We feel like he should just answer them anyway. Um, Norman Vincent Peale told this story about a boy. He was found, uh, this boy was found, or he found a big black cigar, and he slipped into an alley behind a building and lit it up. This is his first experience uh, smoking something. And so it didn't taste good, but it made him feel very grown up until his father came down the alley, <laughs> and then he became very ashamed. Quickly, he put the cigar behind his back, and he tried to be casual. How can you do that? I don't know. Um, and uh, desperate to divert his father's attention to what, from what he was doing, he pointed to a billboard advertising a circus, and he said, Dad, can I go to the circus? Can I please go to the circus when it comes to town? And his father replied with these words, Son, never make petition while at the same time trying to hide a smoldering disobedience. Does that make sense to you? So never ask for something when behind your back you have something else that you need to get rid of. That's what it's talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Sometimes God might not be answering your prayer because you've got something you need to deal with. Maybe you've got something against your a person, maybe you need to reconcile that that relationship. Sometimes maybe it's a deep-seated sin in your heart that you do over and over and over again, and, and you need to deal with that. You need to, to come clean with those things. And God can then begin to answer your prayers. It is no use to ask God with earnestness for something, when our whole mind is on something else. that make you sense? Sometimes we are so fixated on something in our lives that, that it may be a sinful behavior, it may be a bad relationship. And if we're only thinking about that and we are still asking God for something, our mind is in two places. Okay, and It's really hard for God 
to make sense of that when we're having trouble and we need to deal with that thing in our lives. Okay? And lastly, sometimes God says, yeah, you, you're right, the timing's right, and the request is right, so let's get going. Um, have you ever had a time in your life where you've had just an amazing prayer uh, life where you've communicated with God and, and you felt like almost every time you communicated with God, he was communicating back with you and he was he was guiding you and helping you and leading you the whole way. And and there along the, the way, he was answering prayers along the way for you. Have you ever had that time in your life? If you haven't, maybe today's the time to start that relationship. If you have, isn't that amazing? Now, my life is not always like that, but I know that in my life, you know, 52 years of it, there's been times in my life where I felt, man, God is, God is with me in this. Uh, matter of fact, I've been, and I'm just going to be honest, I've been having a lot of trouble connecting with people at Edgeworth School in my new position as chaplain. And I've been praying through that, and I've been saying, God, kind of open up doors, help me to have some good connections, help me to, to, to say things that I need to say and do things I need to say to help people. But it's just been really hard. It's like pulling teeth. And so just this Thursday, I was walking down the hallway, and I had a really good connection with a staff member that didn't even talk to me, hadn't talked to me since I arrived, even though I've tried to kind of interact. He, he's just not been very interactive. And I had a really good connection with him, talked to him for about 15 minutes, and it was, it was like that. And I, I looked up as I left that conversation, I looked up to God, and I said, more of that, please. Can I have more of that? And that was a moment when I felt like, I was right, the timing was right, and the request was right. And literally, 30 seconds later, another teacher came up to me, and I spent a half hour with that staff member helping her and talking to her. And I did more in that hour-long period of talking to those two staff than I have in the, the whole two months that I was there last year. So when you're right... <laughs> When it all falls into place, it's obvious. And you, you can see it, you can feel it, and it becomes, it becomes something that's very special. So I guess what I'm saying is review these things. You know, make sure that you're right. Make sure the timing's right. Make sure the requests are right. And when, when you do, watch out because God will start blessing you. God will start answering your prayer. God wants the best for us. I doubt that many of us understand just how badly God wants the best for us. Because I think what we think is that we know what's best for us. And so we kind of take control of that with our own hearts and minds. And we just kind of let God maybe come in every once in a while. Oh, you can come in for this one. <laughs> It might be a little heavy for me, so you can come in for this one. But then when that's done, I'll take over again. I'm not sure we really understand just how badly he wants to be in touch with you. I'm not sure we understand that he wants 
to be involved in your difficulty, in your difficult situations, that he wants to move that mountain for you. He wants to, to blow it out of your path. That when we pray, when all things line up, that we are in God's plan and in his time. And when that happens, he goes, okay, let's go. Let's get this on the road. I've been waiting for all this to fall into place in your life. Now we can go. That's, that's his attitude for us. He really wants everything to fall into place and for your heart and his heart to meet together and us to move forward. And I got to wonder, if we're not moving forward like that in our lives, probably some adjustments need to be made. And so that's what I'm asking you to do with this fundamental this week. It's kind of like um, when I was uh, going to try out baseball camps in America, um, they were the, the way that they were set up is they broke the day up into two, two sections, morning section, afternoon section. And they would test your fundamentals in the morning. They would test uh, two fundamentals. And if you did well in those, then they would uh, bring you to the afternoon and you got to stay. But then if you didn't, if you didn't add up here, guess what happened? You got sent home. You didn't get to continue through the day. But when all things, and I, I went to four camps and I only, I only was able to stay all day for one of them. And it's because everything fell into place. My fundamentals were sound in the morning, and then I got to stay through the afternoon, and it was sound in the afternoon. And that's the way I think it works with our relationship with God. If we want to start moving forward, we want to stay for the whole day, <laughs> we've got to make sure our fundamentals are sound, are right in this area of prayer. It's really, really important. My responsibility is to pray. God's responsibility is to heal. We work together. Our hearts come together, and we are to talk with him, and he is to respond. I'll share with you this story. I've shared it before. Maybe you might remember. But shortly after, uh, there's a, a Bible college called Dallas Theological Seminary. A friend of mine used to work there. And he told me this story. It was founded in 1924. And it almost came to the point when it first began of bankruptcy. And all the creditors were going to foreclose. And they had told them that they were going to foreclose at noon on a particular day. And the, that morning of that day, they met all the board members and all the, pre the president met together. And they began to pray. And in that prayer meeting, there was a man by the name of Dr. Harry Ironside. And when it was his turn to pray, he prayed these words. He prayed in his characteristic manner with all the these and the thines and the thous and all that. Um, it was back in you know, the early 1900s. And he said these, Lord, we know that the cattle on a thousand hills are thine. Please sell some of them and send us the money. That was his prayer. Sounds silly, doesn't it? But yet, as they were praying, a tall Texan with boots on and an open collar stepped up to the business office and said, I just sold two carloads of cattle in Fort Worth, and I've been trying to make a business deal, but it fell through, and I felt compelled to give the money to this college. I don't know if you need it or not, he said, but here's the check. 
The secretary took the check, and knowing how critical things were financially, she burst open the door of the prayer meeting, and she handed the check to the president, and the president took the check out of her hand, and it was exactly the amount of the debt that was owed. Dr. Ironside perked up and said, Oh, I guess God sold the cattle. Sometimes when it all falls into place, when we know God wants something to happen, it will happen. We just have to be on the same wavelength as Him. We have to be in the same connection with Him. We have to be doing and making sure this is a fundamental part of our life. I hope and pray for times in your life like that. I hope and pray that as uh, this week goes along, that God will reveal some things about you and how you interact with him that you can adjust, that you can, you can make better. And that will open the, the doors wide open for God to, to really bless you. I know for a fact that at your tables, there are many of you that could that could say, yes, God has answered a prayer for me, and this is how it's happened. You've been able to tell that story. Um, usually those things that are answered like that, it's because we are, we are, uh, it's the right time, you know, it's, it's the right request, okay, and it's the right us. Our hearts are, are where they need to be. So think about that. Look back on this, uh, these notes. Maybe go through all four of those things and kind of check yourself. Make sure that, that you're on the right track. If you need help, if you need support with that, if you need to talk about a certain thing in your life that maybe you need to adjust, we're happy to, to follow along with you and, and walk with you through that. It's really important that we get this fundamental right, that we have to be communicating with God. And that is a basic fundamental of Christianity. And when we're not doing it well, our relationship with God suffers and we begin to pull away from him. We, get, we, begin to, we begin to say things in our life, well, I don't know if I want to really be among all those Christian people. or I don't know if I really want to do that. We, we say we make these excuses. Oh, I'm pretty busy. I think I could maybe do this instead of that. Uh, when we're saying those things in our hearts and our minds, it's really what that means is, oh, I think... We're just pulling away, pulling away from where God wants us to be, um, supporting and loving, connecting with him in a very real way. Uh, so I'll be praying for you this week that as you go through those things, that God will be talking to you and guiding you. So about five minutes late. Sorry about that. Let me pray. And then uh, I think we have sausage roll. So the parking lot is empty. You're welcome to go and... Uh, God wants you to have a sausage roll. That's the way it works, right? <laughs> I won't have one. So. <laughs> hey, God, thank you for today, and thank you for our time together. Uh, open up some time and space in our week that we can think about you, and we can kind of, uh, yeah, uh, kind of look at our lives and uh, look at where you would have us to be. We ask that you answer our prayers, that we be specific that, that we ask you and be open and very honest with you about where we are in life and, and, and what we need out of this life and who we'd like to reach out to 
in this life. And so uh, help us to communicate that with you that clearly. Um, help our hearts to be where they need to be. Uh, help our request to be the right request. And Lord, uh, we look forward to times of connection and refreshing when it comes to our relationship to you, that, that uh, we really feel like you're going before us each and every step of the way and, and answering our requests. So thank you for that, God, and we thank you for the way that you have done that in the past. Uh, we ask for more of those times. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen? Amen.